listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Obviously, like Craig said, we're the pastors of Hillsong Church in Newcastle. My beautiful wife, Ketty, is at home with our three kids. She's Bulgarian, by the way. She's Bulgarian. I'm Australian. And she speaks five languages, Bulgarian, Russian, Yugoslav, French, English. I speak one, Australian. And so uh, we're a great combination. Got three beautiful little kids. Got my little four-year-old. Her name is Aria. She's our little girl. And, um, and she's just beautiful. She's just like a mum in every way. She's uh, got some addictions that she's working through. She's addicted to Peppa Pig, but we're trying to break that. She's given a heart to Peppa, but just not yet to Jesus. And so we're trying to work that out. Then we've got my little boy. He's a little champion, Taj. He's 11 years old. And Taj, he just won his grand final on Friday, which is awesome. We've been celebrating, you know. He's just won his grand final. He's not a clean kid. He's quite messy. You know, you know, we don't go into his bedroom. It's like going into Area 51. You just don't know what's going to be in there, you know, and it's sort of like that. Then I've got my eldest girl, Jaya, and she's 13 years old. And she's just beautiful. And, of course, she's 13 going on 21, you know, thinks that she's older than she is, wants to do everything. I said to her last week she couldn't do something. She rolled her eyes and sprained her optic nerve, you know, got all upset at me. But, you know, that's what happens. And so that's a bit of my world. That's our little kids. And uh, so big love from you. Newcastle Hillsong Church, our senior pastors, Brian and Bobby, are great friends. And I was saying to Craig, you know, it's just like being home, being here, because, you know, obviously Pastor Brian and Pastor Paul, they've been like-spirited, like-minded, best mates for many years. And so it's just in the house. And so feel like I'm at home with you this morning, which is good. Well, tonight, where are we? This evening, tonight. All right. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read along. You can read on the screens. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. But Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 21, says, Even though you were once distant, somebody say distant. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected. Someone say reconnected. He reconnected you back to himself. He released His supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf so you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing. Someone say nothing. Now there is nothing between you and Father God for he sees you as holy, flawless and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon. Never be shaken from the hope of the gospel. That you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. The subject of my message that I want to talk about tonight is I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Turn to someone, say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. This is the essence of Paul speaking to the church here where he's talking about, hey, you were once distant from God and he talks about living in the shadows and he talks about where people once were, but then he talks about what Jesus has done. And he says, you've got to understand what's been done for you, that you're not going to live distant for that much longer. You've now been reconnected. And he says, I'm bringing you back to where you belong in Jesus Christ. It started out from being distant and then ended with the message, this glorious message, he says, going right around the world. So I'm coming back is what he says. 
Think about this. The, the Bible says in verse 21, even though you were once distant from him. Distance leads to disconnection. Even though you were once distant from him. Everyone at some time or at some place has lived distant from God. You know, when you're distant, when you're in that place of distance, you can sometimes feel a bit unsure of God, a bit unsure of his promises, a bit uncertain of his word, a bit unsure of your faith. And because you're in a place of distance, you can feel alone, you can feel deserted, you can feel isolated. In fact, when it comes to distance, that feeling of disconnection, the Bible talks about deserts a lot. Right through the Old Testament and the New Testament, it mentions deserts. And deserts are a place that we normally think of and talk of as a place of barrenness, a place that is isolated, a place that is uh, arid and dry and empty. And you see, metaphorically speaking, we can say sometimes, oh, you're going through a desert season when we talk about being in a low place. When we talk about being in a distant place, we say metaphorically where you're at, it might be like a desert where it seems dry and barren and arid and empty. But did you know that God spoke to Moses in the desert? Did you know that God spoke to Abraham in a desert? God spoke to Isaiah in a desert. God spoke to Jesus in a desert. In fact, it was in the desert that they heard the voice of God. Did you know what the word desert means in the Hebrew? It's the word midbar. The word midbar literally means in Hebrew, place of the word. Place of the word. You see, you're closer to God than you think. Oh, you might feel like you're in a desert season and you think it's barren, it's dry, it's empty, it's arid, but you're closer to God than you think. You're in the place of the word. When you're in that place, you see, don't pray for deliverance from the desert. Pray to hear the voice of God in the desert because that's where he speaks. That's where he speaks. You see, when you're distant, you can feel far away. When you're distant, you can feel far away, like your world's apart. You know, like, wow, there's no communication. I feel like I haven't heard the voice. I feel like there's no relationship. And when you're distant, you feel that far away and and it's easy when you feel far away because distance leads to disconnection. I remember I went on a missions trip when I was much younger. Went overseas with Phil Dooley and Darren Kiddo and a few other guys from Hillsong Church. Very first missions trip I'd ever been on. I was about 19 years of age. We went over with our Hillsong Youth Ministry and we went to El Salvador in Mexico. And then we went up to California. While we were in California... I met this young girl. She sort of had eyes for me. This was before I'd met my wife, Ketty. This was years before. And, you know, I started to hit it off with this girl. You know, she sort of, like, we started to connect and we got along and she liked my Australian accent and I liked her American hair. And it was just like we just started to hit it off. And, 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 and then it turns out that she had just broken it off with her fiancé. So she was on the rebound. And I thought, well, that's okay. He's had his turn. Now it's my turn. And then I never forget the second day, I'm like, like getting to know her. And then the fiancé rocks up. And this guy, he was huge. 
He's got muscles in places you and I don't even have places. And he turns up and he's like this big Islander guy. He was a cross between UFC and KFC. And so he turns up, this big Islander guy. And I want to tell you right there and then I felt to put some distance between me and him. And I thought, hang on, I don't know about this. And, you know, I was only in California for three days. And I went back to Australia and she stayed in California. And so we tried to stay in touch. But, you know, back then there was no mobile phones. You know, so you had to write letters. And so we wrote a couple of letters. And, of course, then I sent like a little gift pack over with some creams and this sort of thing. And then, of course, when you, if you want to talk to someone, the only way you could do it was a long-distance phone call on a dial-up phone. Anyone here ever remember a dial-up phone where you dial the number, the three-code SDD code thing that then goes to... That's what they used to call it back then, by the way. And it was a long-distance call. And uh, because I said that in our church and people were like, SDD, what the heck? What are you calling, you know? But it was that's what it was called back then for a long distance phone call but back then it cost about $30 come on someone just to make one phone call so I only ever made one but here's the thing is the relationship actually came to nothing it just didn't go anywhere because of the distance between us because distance easily leads to disconnection And you see, when there's distance between you and God, there's space between. And it's in the space between that we drift. It's in the space between that we doubt. It's in the space between that we justify our behaviour. It's in the space between that we start to think, well, I I can just sort of get by by myself. And you see, The Bible says in verse 21, Paul says, you know, when you're distant, he says you're living in the shadows. He says this phrase, he says you're living in the shadows. You know, a shadow is a metaphor for darkness. You know, it's in the shadows that people get trapped. It's a metaphor for darkness. When something blocks the light, it casts a shadow. It casts a shadow of darkness. You know, there's so many things that the enemy is trying to put into our lives that is trying to block the light to cast a shadow of darkness. And, you know, and and all of a sudden, we, we ourselves put things in the way that blocks the light like our pride, like our jealousy, like our revenge like our envy, like our lusts, like all of these things. We, we put them in the place of the light and it casts a shadow because it begins to block the light. You know, sin will always cast a shadow when, because it blocks the light. And you see, maybe you feel like you can be living in the shadows, finding yourself in that place, maybe living in the shadow of someone else. You ever heard of that? Yeah, they've been living in the shadow of that. You know, you don't understand. I, I'm always comparing myself to them. I always feel like I don't measure up to them and, and you feel judged by them and you can feel all of a sudden insecure around them because you feel like you're living in the shadows of someone else. Or maybe you feel like you're living in the shadow of your past. You know, you just can't escape it. You just can't get away from it. It's like the shadow of that past failure, the shadow of that past regret, the shadow of that past grief, the shadow of that past, you know, mistake. And you feel like you can't get away from it because it's a shadow. But what we've got to do is remove the things that block the light that are causing the shadows. You see... Jesus said in this way in John 1 verse 5, he says, The light shines into the darkness and the darkness 
cannot overcome. He said the light shines into the darkness because God's light, He wants to shine right into those shadows in your life, right into those things that are trying to hide away and remain secret. He wants to shine right in there because while there's shadows, that thing will always overcome you. You see, but as soon as the light comes in, the, the darkness can't overcome it. You see, we need to come out from the shadows. You see, Jesus said this in John 3, 21. He said, but whoever lives in the truth comes into the light. You see, you're not going to live into the truth of God's freedom while you keep living in darkness. You actually are not going to live free. Oh, I've tried it. I've been there where you're trying to live in the freedom of God, but there's still areas that are casting shadows. There's still things that are blocking the light. And you'll never live in the true freedom and truth of God while you're still living in the shadows. You see, we've got to come out of the shadows of our past. We've got to come out of the shadows of our mistakes and our failures and our limitations. We've got to come out of the shadows of sin and fear and all of those things that are trying to block the light. In fact, Jesus said in John 12, 46, He said, I've come into the world as a light. He said, so that no one who believes in me should have to stay in darkness. Don't stay in the darkness anymore when God's calling you into the light. Why does he call you into the light? So you can live in the freedom of God. You can live in the peace of God. You can live in the joy of God. You can live in the hope of God. You can live in the faith of God. He's wanting to call you out of that place so you can say, I'm coming back because of what Jesus has done. So let's look at what he did for us. So we can come back. Here's the first one is he reconnected. He reconnected. Listen to what Paul said in verse 21. He says, he reconnected you back to himself. That's what he says. This is something that is past tense. In other words, you don't have to be reconnected back to God today. It doesn't matter what you did last night, what you did last week, what you did last month or last year. No, reconnection has already been done. It's past tense. It says, Jesus, he's already reconnected you. You don't need to be reconnected again. It's nothing that you can do that reconnects you. But it's everything that he has done that reconnects you. You see, our problem is we don't receive it because of the darkness. Too often we place things between us and God. And rather than reconnection, it causes disconnection. And you see, we place our regrets, we place our mistakes, we place our failures, we place our, well, God, I'm not good enough. Well, God, I'm not worthy enough. Well, God, you don't know what I've done. I can't come back to God because of what I've done. I can't come back to God because of where I've been. And it's too often we're the ones that are placing things between us and God. And you see, when you place things between you and God, it's a barrier. You know, when I was young, I remember when I first went to Bible college in 1997, went down to Hillsong Bible College, turned up very first week. And while I was there, I heard of the youth pastor, never met him, but his name was Phil Dooley. And I heard that that very Friday night, now I'd arrived in Sydney on Tuesday, and I heard that that Friday night, Phil Dooley was going to preach in Newcastle, my hometown. I heard that he was going to preach there in Newcastle on the Friday night at the youth ministry. So I went up to Phil on about the Thursday and I introduced myself. I said, oh, g'day, Phil. I said, my name's Sanger. 
And back then I was like this long blonde hair. I had long blonde hair down to here. I was sort of driving a combi. I looked like this sort of young surfy punk sort of guy. And I'm going up the field. I said, oh, how are you going? And I said, I feel, I said, I heard that you're preaching in Newcastle on Friday night. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, how do you know? And, and, and I said, look, I said, if you take me with you, I said, I'll get you into the Newcastle show for free. Now, do you guys have like the show here in Melbourne? You know how in Sydney it's the Royal Easter show and Newcastle, the Royal New, Newcastle, you have the show. Well, yeah, so you have the show, you know, all the rides and everything. So I say to Phil, I'll get you into free. Phil's looking at me. He's thinking, who is this young, hippie, long, blonde hair, driving a combi kid? Who, what, what, you know, and, I, and he's like, righto, Sanger, you can come. You can come. So he lets me come along, lets me tag along. So we drive up on Friday night. I've just met Phil for the first time, driving with the other youth pastor and Phil. We drive up, Phil preaches in the youth ministry. Then afterwards, the three of us leave. We go to the Newcastle show. We turn up to the show. Now, you can't just walk into the show. There's a barrier. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's a large fence, 12-foot barrier that goes right around separating you from the rides in the show. And so we're walking around this barrier. And I could tell what they were thinking. They were thinking, how is he going to get us into the show for free? I knew what I was thinking. How am I going to get them into the show for free? You see, because when I was young, I really didn't think that God could use me. I really didn't think, you know, I wanted to do something for God, but I didn't think he could use me the way he's using me. I didn't think that I could ever really preach or do something good for God because really the reality is it was a barrier that I was putting between me and God that I didn't think he could use me and so here we are at the Newcastle show we're walking around now true story this is exactly what happens we walk around this corner and this door opens this young guy opens up the door and this is what he said hey boys you want to come in the show for free I look at Phil Phil looks at the youth pastor. Their mouths have dropped to the floor. They're like, what the, how is this happening? And like, I, I'm looking at them and then I'm thinking, what the, how is this happening? And they're in disbelief. I'm in disbelief. But I turned to them and I just said, see, told you boys, I'd get you in for free. And then we walk into the Newcastle show for free. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But here's the thing. I mean, I look back and I'm like, God, did you send that angel? Was that an angel, God? He just opened the door, got us in for free. But here's the thing that I look back on that event. Because for me, it wasn't just a natural thing that happened. But I look back as a supernatural moment in my life. Because naturally speaking, what was happening was a guy was opening a door for me and Phil. But supernaturally, God was opening a door of a destiny between me and Phil, where he was saying, you know what? I can remove whatever the barrier is you put in your life. If you just trust me, if you just have faith in me, I'll move whatever barrier you keep putting in front of me and you. Because that's what we tend to do. We put things between us and God. But you've got to understand, he's removed every barrier. He's removed every obstacle. He's removed all the sin, all the failure, all the mistakes, all the regrets, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation. He's already removed it. And the Bible says, Paul said in verse 22, he's removed it. So there is nothing between you and Father God. There's nothing between you and Father God. Hey, 
He's already removed it, so don't go putting more stuff there. Because he removed it so he could reconnect. He removes so he can reconnect. So the first thing he's done is he's reconnected us. Here's the second thing he's done. He's released us. You see, listen to what Paul says in verse 21. He says, he's released his supernatural peace on you. Listen to it. He's released his supernatural peace on you. You see, you need supernatural peace for natural problems. You can go through natural things in life, but you know what's God that gives supernatural peace in those circumstances. But watch what he does here. He releases so we could be released. You see, watch this, because supernatural peace releases us from what holds us captive. You see, most of us don't really think about it, but many of us are held captive. We're held captive by fears. We're held captive by worries. We're held captive by anxieties. We're held captive by stress. And these things, they hold us. And what you've got to understand is that what holds you captive holds your courage. Because too many believers, oh, we were once passionate, but now we're just passive. Oh, we once lived with conviction, but now we just compromise. Oh, I once had passion, but now I'm just happy to attend. And you know what? And we've lost this boldness and this fervor and this fire that was once ablaze because something holds us captive. Because what holds you captive is what holds your courage to step out and trust God. You see, natural problems need supernatural peace. So what's holding you captive right now? What is it that's causing maybe fear or worry or anxiety in your life? Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it something from your past? Is it an event, an environment? Is it something you did or where you went? Because whatever holds you captive, we somehow think, well, you don't understand, Sanger, I can't be released. We don't think we can be released from what holds us captive because you know why? You feel tied to it. You feel tied to that person, tied to that relationship, tied to that dependency, tied to that behavioural pattern, tied to that environment, tied to that way of thinking. But Galatians 5 verse 1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen to it. You've been set free, so don't get tied up again. You see, too often, God's not tying you up. No, He's released you so you can be released. He's released His peace into your life. But too often, we live tied up by the stuff that holds us captive because we feel tied to it. When I was in school, I remember I really liked this girl, you know, and I was like best friends with this girl, you know, and for a guy, you know, I had best friends that were guys, but there was this one girl, we were like best friends. We'd like do everything together, go everywhere together, but we were just friends. But let me tell you something, if a guy ever tells you that he is just best friends, let me tell you something, girls, deep down, he wants more than just best friends. Okay, deep down, he's hoping that maybe one day, maybe someday, something's going to happen. This can just progress a little bit more because there is no guy that just wants to be stuck in the friend zone. Okay, I was in the friend zone. The friend zone is a no-go zone. We don't want to stay in the friend zone. No, we want more than just the friend zone. 
I mean, with this girl, I secretly liked this girl. I mean, I was emotionally invested. I was physically attracted. I was mentally connected. I just wanted more with this girl. But I'm stuck in the friend zone, okay? And you see, you're always, you're trying everything to break free from the, tr- the, the, the friend zone. I mean, I'm giving her the Sanger signals. I'm turning on the Sanger charm. You know, I'm taking her out. I'm paying for meals and, you know, I'm dressing nice. I was wearing Old Spice. You know, I was like, I was like, this has to do something. But it never did. I just got stuck in the friend zone. And here's the thing. You know, the real hard part of this story is, you know, I really liked her so much. And then one day, she tells me, we're in the combi, pulled up in the combi. She says, I have to tell you something. I said, you can tell me anything. We're best friends. And she goes, well, she goes, I slept with your best friend. Ooh. This was a hard moment in my young life. Because really... As an 18-year-old, I want to tell you, my heart sank. It literally broke. It was like one of those depression moments, isolated, loneliness, can't see anything beyond because that's what happens when you're young. You can't see anything beyond what is happening to you right now. You get stuck in the moment. You think there's no more life ahead. There's no more way ahead. And that's where I was. I'm in this moment of absolute brokenness. To the point where it was quite serious because I had this moment where I got out the combi and there was a truck coming and I thought all I got to do is just take one step and I can end all the pain. And I literally had that thought and I was looking at it because I felt so broken and so hurt. But right there and then it was like a hand got on my shoulder and someone literally just pulled me back to the combi, pulled me back. And I heard this voice say, no, there's more. No, there's more. And I want to tell you, I knew it was the hand of God. I felt the hand of God, I felt, push me back. And I just heard, no, there's more. Well, that night I go to our church was having, this was not Hillsong Church, but another church, this church was having at the time these revival meetings. And it was, came out of America from a revival called the Pensacola Revival. I don't know if anyone remembers the Pepsi-Cola, Pensacola revival. And this guy was preaching from America and the Holy Spirit was moving. And I remember going into that meeting and I want to tell you, I was so broken. I was so down. I was so hurt. But in the middle of worship, God's presence started to come on me. And I want to tell you, joy started to hit me. I started to laugh out loud uncontrollably. Literally, for so long, I'm laughing. I didn't know why I was laughing, but I just felt so much joy. It was like the presence. And I tell you what began to happen was the Spirit of God started to break the tie to that relationship, the tie to that emotion, the tie to that thought, that negativity, and it broke the power of what I was tied to. You see, because when you're emotionally broken or you're emotionally attached to something, and when you're emotionally attached to wrong things, it's easy to, it's easy to make emotional decisions that are the wrong things. And it was in that moment that the power of Jesus literally broke the ties over my life. Because let me tell you, Jesus can break whatever the tie is in your life. He can break whatever the chain is in your life. He can break whatever is holding you in your life. That's the power of a supernatural God. He can break whatever the natural tie or bound bind is in your lives. 
In fact, supernatural peace releases us into supernatural freedom. In Psalm 116, verse 16, he says, the Lord David says, Truly I'm your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. You know what freedom is? You know what real freedom is that God's released us into? It's not what you're free from. Freedom is not about what you're free from. Because let me tell you something, you're not going to be free from problems. You're not free from trouble. You're not free from pain. You're not free from challenge. I've walked through challenges. I know what pain is. I've gone through and we've got babies in heaven. We've got little ones that lived for a while and then died and stuff. that I know I've seen pain. We're not free from challenges that come our way. You're not free from them, but you are free in them. There's a big difference when it comes to freedom. You see, I understand I'm not free from that challenge, but in the midst of this challenge, when I'm in Christ, I find freedom in the midst of what I am in. In other words, freedom means what's in you is free from what surrounds you. You might be surrounded by heartache, but have inner peace. Surrounded by confusion, but have inner confidence. Surrounded by pain, but have inner joy. Surrounded by betrayal, but have inner forgiveness. Surrounded by your past, but have inner purpose. Surrounded by fear, but you have an inner freedom because it's not what you're free from, it's what you're free in, in Jesus Christ. So you've been released, you've been reconnected, you've been released, and then here's the last one. You've been restored. You've been restored. Watch what he, watch what he says in verse 22. Paul, he said, he sees you, he's talking about the Lord. He says, he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. That's how he sees you. He doesn't see your flaws. He doesn't see your sins. He doesn't see your past, what you've done, where you've been. No, he sees you restored. That's how God views you. You see, to restore is to bring back to new. To restore is to reinstate, reinstitute, reconstruct, reestablish. When something's broken or in pieces, he takes everything that's scattered, that's hidden, that's fallen, that's broken, that's messed up, and he restores, he redeems, he reconciles, he renews back into relationship with him. That's what he does. In fact, being restored is continually advancing in faith, the Bible says. Watch this, verse 23, Paul said, Verse 22, he says, he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. Verse 23, if indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation. See, restored means God's plan for you is to keep advancing in your faith. Don't get stuck. Don't get still. Don't stop. Don't allow yourself to find yourself in a place where you can't move forward anymore. You've been restored, which means you can keep advancing in faith in God. You don't have to stay where you are when you've been restored because He's bringing you back to being new, renewed, whole, blessed, faith. That's what He does. He restores. You know, when you think about something advancing, you know, uh, Katie and I were in Sydney last weekend and we got in an Uber. Anyone here ever been in an Uber? You get in the Uber driver. Well, Uber, the driver starts telling you, he goes, I used to be a taxi driver. I said, oh, really? He says, yeah, but now I'm an Uber driver. And he says, because, you know, Uber, it was huge in Europe. He said, when it came to Australia, no one thought it would work. 
He says, but now Uber is becoming so big. It continues to grow. It continues to advance right across Australia. And I'm like, wow. And then I started sort of mucking around with him. I said, oh, I heard it was danger to drive in Ubers. I said, but that's what taxi drivers told me, you know. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, okay. And and I said, you know, I used to tell my little girl, I said, don't get in the car with strangers. And then Uber comes along. What are we meant to do with that? Now everyone's getting in the car with strangers. That's what happens. I said, you know the difference between a taxi driver and an Uber driver? I said, if you break down in a taxi, you're doomed. That's it. I said, you break down in an Uber, you've got enough mints and bottled water to last you for weeks on end. We're going to be fine driving in an Uber. But here's the thing about Uber. It just keeps advancing. It just keeps growing. Did you know that you and I in our faith need to keep advancing? We need to keep growing. You know, when it comes to keep advancing in the Word, keep advancing in worship, keep advancing in prayer, keep advancing in church, keep advancing in your faith. How do you keep advancing? Just keep doing it. Keep going. Keep coming. Keep serving. Keep believing. Keep loving. Keep forgiving. Keep encouraging. Keep persisting. Keep pushing. Keep speaking faith. Just keep doing it in Jesus' name and you'll keep advancing. I'll get the worship team to come. Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says, And Jesus was advancing in wisdom and stature and favour. Matthew eleven twelve says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Romans six nineteen says you must surrender your will to the righteousness of God, ever advancing towards holiness and perfection. Philippians two verse twenty two he served with me in advancing the gospel. God's heart for you is to keep advancing. You see, you've been reconnected, you've been released. And you've been restored. You see, the Bible says in verse 22, He now sees you holy and flawless. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as holy? Do you see yourself as flawless? Because you are. You are in God's eyes. You already are in His eyes. You guys can begin to play if you'd like. You see, when you're you're holy and flawless, it means there's no cracks. There's no damage. There's no breaks. God doesn't do patchworks. God doesn't do touch-up jobs. God's not a panel beater that goes doing panel beating on your life. No, the Bible says He's the potter and we're the clay. And let me tell you something. When the pot has been marred, He gets you on the wheel. And you know what? When you're on the wheel, you can feel like your life starts spinning out of your control. You don't know where everything's going to land. You don't know how it's going to turn up because it feels like your world is spinning. But what you've got to do is trust the potter who's starting to mould you, who's starting to shape you, who's restoring you, who's renewing you, who's remoulding you into what He sees as perfect, holy and flawless because you've already been reconnected, you've already been released and you've been restored into who Jesus says you are in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit life.